0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 146 of the High Sensitivity Podcast. And thank you for listening. If it's your first time here, we talk about video game and movie news, as well as what we watched or played over the week. My name is Barry, along with my co hosts.
1: My name is Craig, reporting to you live from my wife's office.
2: <laughs> my name is also Craig. If you cannot tell by the beam of light smacking me in the face, this is an early morning <laughs> recording for us instead of a early late morning. morning recording for us. Let's go. Yeah, uh, Craig I switched out his coffee for his normal monster. I think <laughs> I have water.
0: <laughs> and I have at least five, five things of water in front of me as well. So I are struggling
2: it. for you guys. Yes.
0: Yeah. And well, I'm going on vacation, so I'm trying to. So we're trying to get a little bit ahead of time. That's so true. We're, we'll get there. But you know what we always have with us is the news. It's not just coffee, it's not just water. We always have the news with us.
2: Five bottles of news (laughs) coming up. Yep, five bottles
0: of... (laughs) So first up is what we'll talk about is the Nintendo Direct. I just kind of have a quick overview of everything. Uh, I guess the most popular thing would be Zelda Tears of the Kingdom has a date set for May 12th, 2023. The base game, as well as going to be $70 with a collector's edition at $130. It's not as extravagant as Breath of the Wild, but Tears of the Kingdom, we we have a set date, we got more gameplay, there's a voice for Ganon, which maybe which may mean we actually get a little bit of voice acting like kind of how we had with Zelda. So, how how do you guys feel about the Tears of the Kingdom? Does it make you excited, make you, you know,
1: indifferent? We can le- we can let Craig our our resident <laughs> Zelda fan go first if you want.
2: I could not care less. Honestly, <laughs> there was nothing in there that made me be like, "Oh yeah, this is the one. I'm gonna try it for sure." But like, I I was indifferent to it. Barry, did you get the the uh, collector's edition? I know people are having issues.
0: No? no, I did not. It it went fairly quickly, and when like for certain sites that I was trying to pre order through, I was at the basketball game for Penn State, okay, and yep. it went yep. up during that time. So by the time I got out, it was all sold out. So it's just you know just how life is. I'm. Mm-hmm it's not like the collector's edition is a must have this time around. I think it seems like Nintendo really likes the much like how I had the fire emblem engage, like packaging. It's kind of the same packaging that they did with Xenoblade Chronicles too. Like it's kind of just like a bigger box with some stuff inside of it, but not this huge figurine. It seems to be straying away from those types of editions.
2: That's because they want you to buy the Amiibos. Yes.
0: Yeah. And <laughs> at least one Amiibos coming out for it, but yeah, you know, it's, it's not terribly priced Amiibo. It's not like it's a hundred or anything like that. It's just a twelve, thirteen dollar Amiibo.
2: So, what's the um for somebody like me who could care less and like played? I think probably maybe an hour or two of the last Zelda game. What's the big difference <laughs> here that I'm missing that makes it better? Verticality, right?
1: That's one of the big ones. Okay. It it, it, um, se-
0: it seems as though that that is like the case for. For other things, it seems like there are more, like, expansive, I guess, cre- uh, like, um, what's the word for it, machines or, like, creations that you can make. Like, there okay. is a whole flying tool that you kind of step on this platform and it's kind of for, you know, fans that lift you up into the sky area, it seems to be. But there it, it see, I, I'll be the first one to admit it seems a lot like Breath of the Wild, you know, one point five or something <laughs> like that with, with built in. So I don't know if this is the game that's going to switch you around on the Zelda series. Right. But or this particular series that they've been doing. It just we haven't seen that much either. Besides this, you know, gameplay trailer, we really haven't seen anything else that was supposed to happen.
1: Yeah, I mean, it was a pretty good game trailer. I I don't know if the other thing that could sway you. I don't know how much climbing you did in your first hour, but I'm assuming because of the accessibility that they are showing in these trailers that there might be less of of that because, you know, before you get certain tools and you build up your stamina, climbing is a big, annoying presence. It's it's kind of annoying throughout the game, especially because I don't know about you, Barry, but my game tended to rain specifically when I was climbing. (laughs) <laughs> it just every single time I had to get somewhere that required 30 seconds or more of climbing was when it started raining. And that is the big detriment to it. So like, I mean, in terms of trying to get places and go somewhere, it looks like there's a lot more tools um, to get you there because of the fact that they're adding so much dimension, you know, in a vertical sense. That's that's what it looks like to me. Okay. Yeah, but I don't know if they're bringing back the Dungeons, which is what, you know, you
0: and I had mentioned was like our favorite part about the Zelda games, you know, prior to this one.
1: Yeah, forget Elden Ring's Dungeons. Forget (laughs) Elden (laughs) Ring's Dungeons. It's Zelda Dungeons, bro.
0: (laughs) One of the bigger surprise of the Nintendo Direct was a Metroid Prime Remaster Shadow Drop. Uh, It's available now digitally. And it's a physical version of the game will be available later this month. I believe it's the 22nd. Reviews have been coming in. It's at a 95 on Metacritic right now. Wow. Uh, but a Met- Metroid Prime uh, has been clamoring for a long time for a lot of people who have this series remastered. And I think based on the sales, as long as it sells well, we'll probably see another Metroid Prime game. But they needed to gauge how popular it was. And a part of me you know, starts to wonder... Would have this game been shadow dropped? Had we not seen the success of Hi Fi uh, Rush? So yeah. you know, keep that keep that in mind. Nintendo may have just went, hey, you know, let's let's make it digitally now, and then we'll release the physical version in you know later in February. And it seems like it's going well. I see a lot of people who are playing it on Twitch, and it seems to be something that people you know want to watch because it's not just simply a port. There is upskilled high rat, you know high-res textures and things like that. They definitely changed a little bit of things uh, when it comes to how Samus moves. But overall, definitely a cool thing for people. Another cool shadow drop.
2: High, high-res high textures and glorious 720p. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm I was excited. actually interested, right? I, I've played them before, but not very much. So I was like, oh, I might actually check that out. It's, it's not that
1: expensive either. Yeah, correct, no, yep. I, and and Craig, this is, this is my Nintendo's dead space. Yeah. Like I, I haven't played the primes. So like, this is an opportunity for somebody like me to go back and, and really go into, you know, depending on how much, you know, traction this gets to really go back and experience the craze that was Metroid prime when it came out. So like, I'm very excited just like I was when they were like remakes for dead space, you know, same thing. Yeah. Next up on my list is going to be Pikmin 4. It's going to be released
0: July 21st, 2023. I, I'm i just kind of excited this game to get back into Pikmin. I enjoyed Pikmin on the GameCube. I never really played it on the Wii U when Pikmin 3 came out. And I never got the remaster when it came out on Switch. So to see it, it looks to be, you know, expanding on things with like almost animal-like pets seem to be able to help you this time around. And I'm not sure if that's the same in 3 or not but Pikmin 4 is a game that's coming out. We don't have to wait very long for it. So, you know, you're going to have Zelda and then you're going to have Pikmin 4 2 months later.
2: It's a good lineup so far for yeah, them. Yeah, it is.
0: We then have Splatoon 3 expansion pass of uh, they just kind of showed and they just kind of showed more of the stuff they're adding. It seems to be a story DLC is going to be wave 2. And then I'll do this last one, and then Craig could take over the rest of whatever of whatever he wants to talk about. But it's the Game Boy and Game Boy Advance yeah. Online are released. So another thing that just kind of been shadow dropped, but they're releasing original Game Boy and Game Boy Advance games uh, for people who have the. Nintendo, well, so here's how it works. If you have the regular Nintendo Online, you get the Game Boy, original Game Boy games. If you have the Nintendo Switch Online Expansion Pass, you get the Game Boy Advance games. So, you know, depending on what you have, you may get something different. But, you know, I have the Expansion Pass, and I have to say overall, there are no Pokemon games, which I know everybody was really excited for, but let's remind, you know, remind people that. Uh, n- n- Pokemon is a Game Freak game. Nintendo just happens to publish all of them. Mm-hmm. So maybe one day they will be added once the deal gets worked out. But for right now, there's a ton of, like... There's, like, WarioWare. There's a ton of old classic Zelda games on there. A ton of old classic Mario games. And overall, it seems to be a really good addition. We were, I wasn't expecting this to be what comes out next. But it's a, it's a really cool addition for people who kind of either... Never got to play those early handheld, you know, Nintendo Game Boy type games or for people that just want the nostalgia of it.
2: Yeah, I was trying to look at the uh, list here to see if it's like worth it to me. I didn't (laughs) I didn't play a ton of games on on Game Boy um, or Game Boy Advance. It was mostly just Pokemon, but it doesn't seem like, like Tetris. Sure. Super Mario Land, I enjoyed that game. Um, The six golden coins. Zelda, I've never played Gargoyle's Quest, Game & Watch Gallery, Alone in the Dark, Metroid 2, Wario Land 3, and Kirby's Dream Land. I mean, that's a decent lineup, I guess. (laughs) Especially since they're basically just giving it to you.
1: Yeah, other than Pokemon, Metroid 2 and Kirby's Dream Land, I have very fond, vivid memories of. Also Battletoads. Yeah, if they throw that on there, um, like I'm trying to like, I mean, I'm 34, so it's kind of hard to remember everything about eight year old me, but <laughs> I, I distinctly remember I like the different filters as well. You can really get that green. Yeah, Game Boy, you know, it, it takes me back like like Barry, you were talking about nostalgia, like when they started releasing like accessories, I remember playing Game Boy in the car on rides home and they had like the lights that so like you could play it was almost like a reading light you know but like a game boy light so that way you could play in the dark like you know i might touch it for nostalgia purposes i'm not the guy that goes back and plays an entire game i try all the time like craig like months ago we talked about me starting dark cloud again couldn't finish it new (laughs) games were coming out Yep. if there were new no new games coming out then yes if we halted all production of all (laughs) of all future titles for the year you would see me utilizing it but you know I'll go back for an hour when I have some time like before or after work or yep. in between something just to get that feel again so definitely a nice nostalgia feeling there
2: I think the only one I'm saying that I might put a decent amount of time into and it's not coming out right away it says it's coming in the future is the Pokemon trading card game for Game oh, Boy right. is coming. Yeah. <laughs> and like I played so much of that on my old original Game Boy that I would be like I'd probably jump into that for a good five to 10 hours, I bet. Yeah. But all the other ones is just kind of, yeah, I'll probably check them out for a day and then never look at them again. Just like the, uh, super Nintendo and Nintendo games. Like I play those when I go on trips. That's about the only time I touch those. (laughs) Yeah. I'm like, I don't know what to play on the plane. Uh, I guess I'll play (laughs) super Mario world, you know, something like that. Yeah.
0: Craig, is there anything you wanted to mention or talk about specifically for the Nintendo Direct?
1: Yes, and it's it's weird because it's not a game that I was originally excited for, and I might not ever play it, which is a good preface, a good preamble to what I'm going to say. Um, Advance Wars One and Two. Yep. Yeah. Like I, the reboot. Uh, I so. My relationship with this game is no relationship. The only relationship that I have is essentially looking at it delay, delay, delay for 11 months. And I think the teasing and then the delays and then the, is, it's coming back and then the delays, they kept showing like what the general gameplay would be. And it's almost like when you see a commercial 18 times and you're like, all right, I'll eat there like the like the it was an it's like a weird marketing thing that happened to me where like now that it actually has a release date of April 21st like I might play it (laughs) I might I I might play it and this could be I don't know this could be a very small experiment that doesn't go outside this podcast except to our viewers and listeners but the literally the delays of the game made me more intrigued to play the game now I know it's it's like got a, a big fan base and it's kind of like a Donnie Darko in terms of like, a, an impact where there's like a group that just love it, and have been clamoring for it. So I might try it. And um, like, I, I, I'm, I'm surprised at myself for wanting to try it. Like I had no interest when it first got announced, I had no interest. Like I was like, that's cool. I'm glad a lot of people like it. You know, kudos to getting this out, you know, with the reboot camp. And um, but like, now I might try it specifically because I've been shown it and then seen it delay. So I just had to throw that one out there. That comes out uh, April 21st.
0: Yeah. yeah uh, wow. With uh, like with Advance wars, uh, I know I'm excited for it. You know, it's, it's this, I'm in the same place you are. I didn't play the original Advance wars because when I was younger, it just wasn't a game that interested me. But now that I've seen what it's like, I feel like I'm going to end up liking it a lot of liking this series a decent amount. And it's just nice to see that Nintendo finally came out and said, "Okay, we're releasing it. You just have to wait two more months." I, I didn't. They didn't say whether or not they were like working on the game or whether or not it was just because of the war going on in Ukraine. So that's kind of up in the air as to whether or not like it, like they changed the game at all or worked on the game since it's been delayed for almost a year now. Uh, so we just have to just excited for it to finally come out and hopefully nothing else happens to it before it does.
1: Yeah, can we also talk about the um, the game that surpassed Tears of the Kingdom and all the other announcements, Fashion Dreamer? I saw that and I was like, I really hope Barry looks at that and wants to play this game.
0: Yeah, there's there's so much weird Nintendo <laughs> shovelware that ends up on these things, and it's like I have no idea. But I've, one one last thing for the Nintendo Direct uh, demo for Octopath Traveler two is that with the early hours of the game. If you're interested in Octopath Traveler, it is a fantastic 16-bit RPG. Uh, definitely try it out. Uh, you can carry the save file over from your demo from the early hours into the game when it actually comes out later in February. So I'm really looking forward to getting my my teeth into that later uh, because most of the games that we've all played this week is just Hogwarts Legacy. Man, <laughs>
2: yeah, this, this, this fashion dreamer looks pretty sweet to <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> build my brand get my likes man okay
1: i'm saying it's a sleeper it's a sleeper, it's a, sleeper.
0: <laughs> a bit more on the activision and xbox deal it turns out that the eu european union has blocked the deal so it continues to become a bit more of a hassle for the xbox brand to acquire activision Whether or not this is Sony's doing is it well? Like we know, they're a part of it in some way, but the EU just kind of deemed, "No, this is this is getting blocked by us." So, continuous, continuously having trouble trying to you know actually have the Activision deal go through. At this point, I don't care what happens. Uh, Yeah, you know, for the most part, like we know, Activision has been like struggling when it comes to their leadership and their culture. So hopefully, you know, Bobby Kotick is, you know, either going to be leaving his position or in a very small position and not dealing with the culture of Activision anymore, and hopefully Xbox has kind of taken that over, but I do fear, like, would Activision just go back to the way it was after this deal if it doesn't go through? So, you know, I worry about the developers and things like that, because according to everything we've heard, it was pretty bad, Uh, so
1: Mm
0: -hmm. hopefully things are getting better, but uh, EU blocking this deal definitely doesn't make it seem to doesn't really show a light at the end of the tunnel for this deal here. It seems to just be stuck in limbo.
2: I did see they said that if it doesn't go through that, Bobby would go back to being CEO, which isn't a good look. Oh, jeez! Um, and I also saw that, uh, another news story saying that Sony has like they refuse to talk to Microsoft at all now. Uh, like they've yeah, com- they've completely cut off any communication with them. So I would assume it's probably they had to have a little bit of a hand in this. Right. I would think. Yeah, um, I mean I guess if Microsoft wanted it to be really petty could they not just be like alright this deal's not going to go through but we're still going to buy Call of Duty and put it on Game Pass or something if they wanted to be like super petty <laughs> probably yeah but it's you yeah, know they that's, can. Yeah. not that they would and I don't think it would be a good look but
1: isn't, yeah, isn't Microsoft the least petty of the three giants out of the three it
2: seems like it but who
1: knows <laughs> yeah at this point everybody has their dealings yeah yeah
0: but uh that's it that's all I have for news. What about you?
2: um so let's we can go tie right into the big three. all three of them are out of e three this year mm-hmm. um, mm. further raising the question, why are we doing e three anymore? I guess um you know, they'll still have their Sony will have their stay to play. Nintendo will still have their direct and Xbox will have whatever it is they call their live event nowadays, but yeah, I mean, This was supposed to be uh, the second coming of E3 this year, right? They're letting people back in and now nobody's going to be there. Well, the big companies won't be there. So I don't know. I just think maybe it is time to officially put it to rest. Obviously, the big companies don't see a need for it anymore. So it's a little sad.
0: Yeah, I could definitely see it still being a space for like the third party developers or indie games. Like there still is a space for that, just to kind of have you know Activision EA you know have people try out their new games, get feelings on them from general public instead of just their QA. But yeah. you know I also think this is a big chance for maybe some indie developers to have their games more in the limelight because a lot of the times yeah. you know indie games are indie because they're small development teams, don't have big budget, uh, not as triple A of an experience per se, but a lot of the times these indie games suffer because they don't have enough marketing. Yeah. E3 might help that.
1: Yeah. yeah what but I, I hope like... is Like, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. No, go I'm ahead. gonna say what I hope, what I hope is that there's like a, a steady stream of traffic that still wants to go to E3 to be able to support exactly what you just mentioned, Barry, you know, like the spot on the one hand that they have the opportunity to get more spotlight since the big three are out. And then on the other hand, that people just don't d- decide not to go because the big three aren't there and that they have an active turnout enough so that they can showcase in person as well to to potential fans.
2: Do do you think they make enough money, though, without the big three companies there to, like, keep doing it year after year? I think the location will need to change. Like, they rent out, like, the Staples Center,
0: which is a huge L.A. multi-probably million-dollar thing. You could probably go to something much smaller. Like, you know, there are... Tons of anime cons, for example, that go all around, all around the country and that kind of thing. Maybe E3 does something like that where it travels from city to city depending on uh, what's good for it. And then that way, you know, you get a different crowd. It's not always, you know, all the LA people that get to go in all the surrounding areas. Maybe if you host it on the East Coast once, you'd have a lot of people from Boston, Philadelphia, New Jersey, uh, and those types of areas would come to it for that for that matter.
1: Yeah, and they can they can look forward and designate space and figure out what to rent to also make it maybe less expensive for them if they're going to have to deal with like, yeah, these not big people, you don't need a staple Center gamers will go. Yep. Gamers will go wherever you tell us to go. You know, it could be it could be a, a, a warehouse on the water. <laughs> and, you know, and we'll go like if it's within relative distance to see that like, you know, there's a dedication to to the average, you know, the average gamer to go to those things, you know
2: true yeah i mean if they did something on the east coast i would be tempted
0: yeah, but yeah I agree. as
2: it stands now i've always wanted to go to e3 but it one the the shine of it has diminished and two it's all the way out in la which is you know that's a big trip just to go to something that may not be that great anymore um i mean i before it was shut down again to you know normal people when people were going to that and they were saying that like there was just you know big areas that were empty it's just not a good look to pay that yeah. much money for something that kind of looked like it was half thrown together, almost. Uh, and then uh, the last thing, uh, you guys know it's coming, but I got my rant for the week. We haven't yeah. had a good yeah, rant yeah. in a while. Um, Let's rant it. Up. Usually, usually rant it's Barry. I don't feel like it's me or is it me mostly?
0: No, I think I think <laughs> it's pretty much me or you. <laughs> it kind of goes back well, and well, forth. Yeah, I,
1: yeah, Craig, I think you announced the rants. I think Barry yeah. just goes into it and it is <laughs> a rant. But like you always you nice. always like prepare. You're always like there's a rant coming. <laughs> there's a Sit rant down. coming. <laughs> <laughs>
2: um, all right. So luckily, it's not just me ranting in the sky about my bad uh, experience. It's been quite a few people this week. But I had to go into the Hogwarts Legacy Deluxe Edition pre order nonsense debacle Um Myself, along with from what I could find, hundreds, if not thousands of others, uh, had pre ordered the deluxe edition. I had pre ordered it through GameStop, um, specifically for the 72 hour early access, uh, only to find out that when Tuesday came this week, I had no tracking number, uh, nothing. It wasn't there. I had no idea when it was coming um, and could not get in touch with literally anybody customer service wise, GameStop. Uh, wise. So I did a lot of digging. Uh, My copy actually didn't show up until Friday, uh, yesterday. And where my rant comes in is one, it's not just GameStop. It's in general, shipping is tough right now. And I get that for a lot of companies. Um, This is it's it's a tough position to be in because you're buying this because you want to play the game earlier than you would if you bought the regular edition that came out on Friday. Uh, So I'm willing to give leniency as far as it not arriving on Tuesday. But I would think either Wednesday, maybe Thursday at the latest, it should be in your hands if you're paying extra money. Um, Where the issue arises is me personally. I tried to contact them on Twitter. Uh, They gave me the wrong uh, tracking number. They gave me somebody else's tracking number. Uh, I tried to call them and got hung up on multiple days in a row uh and then trying any other means i emailed them i still haven't gotten a response back uh i finally got a response because i called first thing uh thursday morning their uh phone lines and then waited on hold for an hour uh and finally got my tracking number when i was doing some digging all over i did find that uh one of their warehouses did close recently in kentucky which kind of led to that and also they just closed another one of their uh call centers so i guess what i'm saying here is one i think all companies need to do better as far as over promising and under delivering on games right now if you have to shut off pre-orders earlier so be it i know that's something they don't want to do but you're setting up such huge disappointments for everybody and i was going through twitter like from tuesday until yesterday just seeing like the massive amount of people being like, where's my Hogwarts? Where's my Hogwarts? Why aren't you answering me? Um, but that being said with, I'm going to say how pitiful the state of customer service and shipping is for GameStop. I, is it time that we just let, they shut it down, let it go. It doesn't, I mean, it,
0: it's I, not a good look. I feel it's like not. they got to
2: They got to close it down because it's so bad right now. Um, I had an issue over Christmas time where I tried to order some things and I never got it at all. Um, And when I tried to contact them, it was the same thing where it was like, uh, we shipped it. Sorry. You know, like that kind of stuff. Never got it. Um, Me, this is just my personal opinion. I think it is time for GameStop to board it up. I I just, it's, it's over in my opinion. Um, They're laying off people left and right. Um, They're shutting stuff all over the place. I don't know. I mean, they had issues with the Zelda pre-order, right? They had the wrong price. Yeah. Um, people trying to yeah. pre-order for that price, then they had to go back and change that. I'm just like, that's my the same it. thing too, though. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm just, I'm over GameStop in particular at the moment.
0: <laughs> yeah, like I've always been a strong proponent, and like it, it, it makes it harder for us because we, we like yeah. physical. You know, we like the physical stuff. And I posted a video of something similar the other day where because PlayStation servers and everything had crashed down, they can't validate the license on this man's PlayStation. So Mm -hmm. any physical game that he gets, he can't play because the the system's completely shut down. So, like, it further further wants me to do physical. But then we have these issues where stuff isn't coming on time or stuff comes damaged or... You know, in this particular case, you know, especially with Tears of the Kingdom now, the bots and pre-order stuff just go so fast you can't even get it as a normal person with a life for the most part. (laughs) So, you know, we – you know, all of like any physical copy gamer who's running into this is just going to continue to have these issues Uh, unless things get better, you know, we – and the main reason I think it it almost will never improve is because a lot of these companies just go, oh, you have to wait. There's nothing we can do. Yep. And it's like, OK. but And then they don't want to give you any compensation for the fact that your stuff's not arriving on time. Correct. Because they can just blame the shipping people. But then the shipping people blame the company for not it coming out. So it's just this endless loop mm-hmm. of, you know, no one, <laughs> no one winning at
2: all for it. And it's funny because I brought that up when I was on the phone. Um, I was like, are you guys doing any type of compensation? Not just for me, but for everybody else. Like we paid extra money for the early access. And the response was, well, we can't control the shipping times. Um, And I was like, all right, well, you gave me the tracking number and I can see that you didn't ship it until Thursday. Right. The game came out on Tuesday. So if it would have shipped on Tuesday or, you know, like Monday or Tuesday, then fine. I get it. It's not, it's out of your hands. It's up to, FedEx or UPS or whoever. But when you don't actually ship the game until two days after it came out, that's your problem, not mine. That is. (laughs) Um, But yeah, it's a a mess. But again, like we, I was always the one who was like, there was that big outcry for don't pre-order games anymore. um, Wait until the games come out. But if you do that now and you walk into any store, your chances of finding that game are very low. Yeah. like they just don't put copies in the store anymore. They usually send just enough for pre-orders. So then you're stuck pre-ordering and then you can't even get the game anyway. And just like you guys, like I ended up buying I had a pre-order for PlayStation. I ended up buying it digitally on Xbox and I hate buying digitally, but it's like the only sure way now that you're going to be able to play it day 1 anymore
1: yeah and and it it is tough for us who like the three of us who like physical copies and especially when they're promoting that early access like there's a lot of games that like if it doesn't get on the day that i expected it or release day if it comes that saturday instead of that friday i'm fine but if Mm -hmm. if, it's big if you're promoting in the early access and this is going to be one of the games of the year that people want to play it if they have the opportunity to play it before the release date they want to play you know like i you know i'm I'm preaching right to the choir, looking at you, Craig. You know, so <laughs> yep, I, I, I agree. I agree with your GameStop, um, <laughs> like ending, all, like end all be all as well, because it's a yet another bad look for them in in a series of bad looks that they just keep, like yep. almost like a a snowball, you know, turning into a larger snowball as it rolls down a hill scenario. So the handling of it is what's upsetting. Right. You know, as well, you know, I get if they're missing a call center and a warehouse because they had to recently close down, this is the time of year that companies are doing that still, you know, i yeah. um, even, you know, like they, then they then shut off pre-ordering, or find a workaround because, you know, we're, this is this is a big opportunity to to land it as close to 100% as you can. And that's just not a good look for them. You know, yeah, agreed.
0: Yeah, and it would be different if – I think Craig would feel differently if people – if like GameStop had been more upfront right. with everything that was going on. But it's just the fact that you have to go through four different channels and nobody can get you an answer because, it, one, the lines are too busy. Two, it's not actually shipped yet. Three, there's just like more and more on top of it where it's just like give me the tracking number so I know where it is. Because, right. you know, God, God forbid, especially in this type of world where we already have, you know, Porch Pirates. And and, th- and stuff like that exists. So had he not gotten the tracking number, he at least knows where it is yeah. at that point. So then he can be like, OK, that's when it'll be here. But, you know, after days worth of calling, you're just getting <laughs> frustrated. So. I've
2: I've never seen any company ever who when you call their line, it goes wait time is over an hour call back tomorrow and it just hangs up on you. I've never seen that from any company. And them specifically, if their call center is open at 9 a.m., because I had, again, I had to research this. If you don't call right at 9 a.m., the lines are so long that the rest of the day, you're just going to get hung up on, and you have no way to contact them. And that would be okay if you could still do, like, chat support. They don't have chat support. They don't answer their emails. Um, Sending them a direct message on Twitter, you might get a response in two or three days. Like, if that's your only option is the call center, And like, it doesn't even work. Then why even do it? Just do. I don't understand why they stopped chat support. That seems crazy to me. But um, yeah, there's just like no way to get in contact with them. And they seem to be perfectly fine with that. Be like, ah, if we can't talk to them, we don't got to deal with the problem. You know?
0: Yep. That is that is how
2: (laughs) all I wanted was my tracking number. And it took me from uh, Monday until Thursday to get it. Yeah, that's insane. That is insane. Yeah. And like
0: one thing and one thing I will say is like this is more on like gamestop corporately. like yes. I always have a good I always have a good time with the people that I know in store. Mm-hmm. Uh, in my like probably twenty five years of shopping at GameStop, like only once has my pre-order in store never been there. So it's like you know if you pre-order in store, it does seem to be like you know, a pretty reliable experience. Right. But you know, uh, we've had these rants before where it's you know it was Best Buy that i've that's happened with me before. happened with you with GameStop. So it's just like the the whole world when it comes to shipping and, um, and getting things out, it just seems like there's too much being sent out for any company to reliably get things out on time.
2: Yeah. It feels gross to say the only one I haven't had an issue with is Amazon. That feels gross. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, no, that, yeah.
2: <laughs> I don't like saying that, but that like I've pre-ordered games through there and I've never had a problem. No, yeah, that is
0: um, that is a fair, fair point. Yeah, and and
2: like we were talking before we recorded, like I have the pre-order through GameStop online for WWE coming out, like and it's the same thing. I paid $100 for that one because you get the season pass, but you also get 72-hour early access. You better believe I already canceled that bad boy because I'm not going through that again. I'll get it somewhere else. Um, yeah. It's just insane. Like I am not going through that again. If I have to, like, I'll go into the actual local GameStop store and do store pickup, but they don't give you that option when you're on like the, the website or the yeah. app, there's no option for in-store pickup anymore. Yeah. So it's just like, I don't know. It gets cautionary tale. Don't pre-order games online for delivery. <laughs> do in-store pickup.
0: Yeah. If, <laughs> yeah, if you can, that seems to be the moral of the story.
2: Right. <laughs> but that's the only so, other thing I had.
0: Yeah. So before we get into Hogwarts Legacy and prepare my long-winded paragraph here, but this has to be said, uh, there's been a lot of news and controversy about uh, Hogwarts Legacy. So here we go. Surrounding the controversy about this game and the author of the Harry Potter series, J.K. Rowling, we here at Sensitivity Podcast take pride and effort in putting our thoughts out on a game to the public that helps make them make more informed decisions about what they buy. J.K. Rowling is an anti-Semitic transphobic and has said many other terrible things that we condemn on this podcast and do not support it. Hogwarts Legacy developer Avalanche has come out and said that she has no involvement in the game. While in our head it is likely that she profits from her universe being in the game, boycotting the game would hurt the developer more than what she makes off the royalties in the game, in an overall great game. We apologize to anyone that this bothers, but no, this doesn't change us in condemning the things she has said and not sub- and hating pretty much what she has said for it. We hope you either learn to, or shouldn't say learn to, but hope you guys can forgive us from if this affects you in any way. If you hate us for it, fine, but just know that nobody here supports the things that she has said. And while she most likely makes royalties off of the game, it boycotting the game is going to hurt the people at Avalanche more, the ones that have put their time into this. And as we go into the review, it's obvious that they don't agree with her views either. <laughs> yep. um, yeah. But I felt like that had to be said just because there is a lot of controversy about this game and a lot of bullying going on on right. uh, Twitter, Facebook, and everything. I have... This is the first time ever, like, and this is not the statement anymore. I'm just reading out of my own mind. Uh, This is the first time, like, really, I've seen people, like, friends from high school, family, you know, like, actually get in, you know, fights about this stuff (laughs) uh, because people just do not agree with J.K. Rowling's views whatsoever. And to be fair, it's pretty easy not to agree with her. But in a world with so much hate, why do we need to now hate? avalanche for making this game so i don't know i would, Let, I would be everybody curious love to everybody. see
2: like what the actual split is because i mean like when you start the game and it's listed as like wizarding world i think that's separate from her like i don't think she has the rights to she has the rights to harry potter but i don't think she has the rights to wizarding world Com- I think completely. she does.
0: I think it's her universe. Okay. So she okay. probably yeah, gets yeah. some sort of, and that's what I'm saying is that yeah. it she, she probably gets royalties. I'm sure she does. Of, yeah. yeah. yeah.
1: She gets the Mariah Carey. All I want for Christmas is yeah. you royalties. It's just yep. all year round.
2: <laughs> yeah. And again, there has been talks with uh, Disney buying the rights to Harry Potter. And like, as far as like Disney buying up everything, everybody's all against it. But in this instance, I think I would be, more OK with them taking that from her, even though she's going to end up with a decent amount of money from that and then separating J.K. Rowling from Harry Potter for good, um, because there's a lot that you could do. And this is a the game is a good example of it. And if you can completely detach her from it and let her go off into where we don't ever have to listen to her again or see her again, and then you can continue to You know if you want to make more movies or you want to make more of these games it won't be a problem anymore i think that would be a good effort
1: on their part that would be a good effort you know because they clear they have the money to do a whole separate slew of movies for that and you know they could do even smaller things like they can add harry pot they they can add that to like dreamlight valley because that's what they're going to be doing with their other characters like there's so many other things they can do Mm -hmm. if they acquire if they acquire that universe Sure. Yeah,
0: just keep in mind that if this brings up the age old discussion of art. Uh, you know, can you separate the art from the artist right. or the you know and everything like that? So, and while it's a completely different discussion, you know, people still buy from Jeff Bezos despite the fact that he underpays his his <laughs> you know warehouse workers. So it's like they're all of the people who make more money than probably either three of us could even dream of uh, at the moment. You know, it's it there's that age old discussion, and it seems to be very very controversial when it comes specifically to jk rowling i've you know yep. you get rumblings about the jeff bezos stuff but not what i've <laughs> seen on the internet about this jk about jk rowling in this game but right. you know if if this upsets you in any way that we're doing this feel free to go ahead and stop listening i completely understand you know this uh what she has said affects a lot of people and especially when a lot of these people probably grew up with Harry Potter, and now that she said these hurtful things about people, you're just like, I don't want to support her anymore, kind of thing. Yeah. So, yeah. All right, uh, you guys ready to talk about Hogwarts Legacy let's after uh, after all that? <laughs> let's
1: yeah, let's let's, let's, let's let's
0: do it. I just went on a long winded paragraph. I'll let you two start. <laughs>
2: uh, this game's incredible. Let's just throw that out there. That being said, after everything we just went through, uh, the people at Avalanche absolutely killed this thing. Um, I've had a little bit of performance issues, um, but that's really about the only negative I can say. Like I've had texture pop-ins, um, but it's a lot that they're loading in there. Loading times, seeing loading times is a little weird because we're so used to not really seeing them anymore. So like seeing them is a little off-putting at first, but, um, I will say that it looks beautiful. I'm playing on fidelity mode, not performance mode, because I wanted to look as pretty as possible. Uh, (laughs) I had that, like, when you first go, it's, you know, once you get like an hour or two in and you have to go to Hogsmeade, uh, I had that moment where like you walk out and I turned around and looked at the castle and I was like, holy hell. Like they, they did like everything is there. Cause you've had like Harry Potter games where they're, they kind of do the castle. They kind of do the outside. But this is like literally everything's there. You can go pretty much wherever you want. Um, The inside of the castle is so amazingly well done. Um, I was even blown away. I was talking to my wife about it that like, you know, you you get sorted into your house and you go to your common room. And in my mind, I'm just thinking like, oh, no matter where you get sorted, your common room is going to be the same. But for them to take the time. And go into the, the lore and be like, all right, well, Hufflepuff is in this area of the castle, um, actually in the basement by the uh, by the um, where the food gets made Ravenclaw's up in this tower, Slytherin's down in the basement. Like, And putting it all accurately where it needs to be is like the kind of care you want to see in a game like this. And it's just I don't know, like I, I was so blown away with how amazing the castle looks and outside And just all the small details they put into everything, um, definitely worth the slight delay that we've had in playing this game. You can tell it got put to good use.
1: Yeah, they did. They did a great job Um, for me. There's like a couple of things I'm about, I don't know, 12 to 14 hours in. Holy hell! So I, You're farther than yeah. Me. I've I've done that. I've done like nonstop. Like it's a different season in my game <laughs> right now. Um, but what I like, there's a lot of things I like. It's a fantastic game. I'm gonna play it to the end. It's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, the minute details, like you said about the castle. Um, I got placed into Slytherin. So anytime I go into my Slytherin common room, when you get close enough to the door of Snake opens up the door for you and it doesn't do that when other like people walk by, you know, there's just those small nuances, there's statues that are moving, there's uh, instruments playing itself in certain parts of the castle. Uh, the classrooms have their own feel and look potions class is designated by the door. You could see yeah. the cauldrons bubbling herbology is where it's supposed to be and you can go right over to the boom broom class if you need to. Um, there's just there's just so much love and tenderness placed in there and um i know you didn't get that far in elden ring but like anytime anytime i'm i'm outside the castle it reminds me of when i'm in elden ring of like uh the the swamp area because you can always see the castle that holds that boss area wherever you are um and that's the only thing i'll say about elden ring in this entire thing so <laughs> it's comforting when you turn your camera wherever you are outside the castle, and you just see Hogwarts being Hogwarts, mm-hmm. you know, um, Hogsmeade has the jovial I was really excited for Hogsmeade. It's like, it's just a place that I wanted to go to when I was reading the books, mm-hmm. you know, and the fact that you're already a fifth year, so you don't have to wait, you know, you don't have to get the permission slip and all that. And they do <laughs> a good job incorporating the fact that you are this random fifth year and how it, it's how they're how you're learning, but not, you know, learning, like you're, you're, you're learning like outside of the classroom, you know, so getting in there and seeing everything, um, all the different stores and, um, it's just, it's just a fantastic game. Now the combat for me, um, took a little bit getting used to and once you do, it's fine. You know, it's, I knew the combat probably would not be my favorite part of the game. I knew I would like it, but there is like a little bit of clunkiness. Um, there was a couple of times I was battling some, some goblins and like one just couldn't get out of that like perpetual step when they get caught in the environment, <laughs> which is an easy win for me because then there's two instead of three I'm fighting until, you know, I get to him. But um, there's just some small things there. Um, I had to adjust my dodge rolling knack that i get from dark souls games because that's what i had to do like that was the big change for me where it's just like you know utilize your spells more just don't dodge all the time um but i won't take too much out of the combat because i know barry still has to go um but like they did they did just a fantastic job with everything um i like the last thing that i'll really go into before i have you gentlemen go back into it is i like the steady stream what feels like a 10 hour to 12 hour tutorial. Like I'll tell you guys I'm 12 hours in, I still don't have the mounts that we saw
2: Hmm.
1: in the, in the uh, original trailer that you eventually get like the Griffins and all that. So just to give you an idea of how long I've played and they still are introducing mechanics into the game and they do it at such a relatively slow pace that it doesn't make it drab You know, you're like, Okay, I got to complete these assignments, and then I'll get this spell, this spell, so on and so forth. That's common stuff. But they still haven't introduced some of the other things. And I I already told you how far I've played. Mm -hmm. So it just makes me more excited. You know, I have broom travel, that's great. But I still don't have the mounts, I still don't have like other things, the room of requirements. Great. Um, and the customized aspect you can do there. So like, but it didn't, I didn't get the room of requirement until about 10 hours. in. so I don't know, it's, it, it'll, it, it, the pacing is fantastic to me as well. Yeah.
0: yeah, I completely agree with pretty much what everybody said so far when it comes to like the technical, uh, portion of the game. Yes, it does struggle. Um, I think facial animations look incredible, uh, yeah. for, mm-hmm. for the most part, like the face detail and everything they put into it. Like one thing I do notice is like it seems that some of like the textures and pop in stuff seem to be like stay there. I notice with some of the DLC costumes with like the dark art stuff, like you have like this, I guess, almost like little silk robe right around your neck, and it looks like and it looks like crap because it almost looks like it doesn't pop in with the rest of your uniform. So I end up I inevitably ended up taking that off just to wear the regular school uniform with it. Um, and some other times, you know, uh, there's early in the Hogsmeade area where you meet someone and you talk to them, and I saw his teacup while talking to him just fly <laughs> right into his hand. Uh, while yeah, doing magic, it. so it's like, what are you talking yeah, about? It's,
1: <laughs> it's magic.
0: Ba- based on how it got there, I think it was supposed to be there when I started talking to him. So it it definitely I want is them there. To but say that
2: for everything that goes wrong technically oh no that's how it's it's supposed to be it's magic (laughs) it's magic (laughs) but in in general like
0: regardless of the uh, regardless of the little things that end up hiccup that give the game a hiccup like it's just overall a wonderful game um never before i think have harry potter fans got this like sort of Man, I'm trying to think of the word for it. Almost like dedication or care to the craft, you know? Yep. The sorting hat sorts you in. And, like, you had the ability to do a bunch of stuff on the app that they, you know, the Harry Potter fan club app that allowed you to take a test, figure out your Patronus charm, figure out your wand. And it's so seamless to link your WB account that you almost forget that you probably did this at (laughs) some point. And that the settings from, you know, when you took the test 12 years ago are still there. So, it <laughs> yeah. you know, it's just nice to see, like, that sort of stuff reflect. And on top of that, too, you you know, and you guys have said it, like, the Hogwarts Castle, it's very easy to get lost in just because you yeah. can find yourself just wandering around. And I think, as Craig said, the, like, what they've done so well is the tutorializing of the game. Go to your classes. Like, figure, you know, learn some spells and stuff. Here's a little bit of story. Okay, we're going to stop there. Go back to your classes after you get the story content done. So it's not like this. It would be so much more uh, overwhelming had we started the game. It's our first day in Hogwarts. We talked to our one professor, and then there's seven different classes you have to go to like right away or something like that. So, And while I'm, I'm still a person that would probably find that fun, uh, it's be, just because it's in that, you know, Harry Potter world, it, it, it's nice that they kind of streamline it out one at a time. You know, it's, you know, a mm-hmm. couple classes, here's story, couple classes, here's story. And then I'm probably the earliest out of any of you two in the game. Uh, so I'm just excited to see what continues to pop up from, mm-hmm. uh, as my time goes along. The it's it's this game is like an example of that more is indeed good to have like more is more in this game the little side quests don't seem to bother me too much and one thing that and i have to say this because they did it fantastically i love the fact that for i need you to find this thing kind of quest it at least gives you an area to look in there are so many games like an assassin's creed valhalla does this and it In Assassin's Creed Valhalla, you could turn it on or off, but they don't even sometimes give you, like, an an area to look. They just go, it's over here, in this, you know, huge part of the map or something like that. At least with Hogwarts, you go to the area, and if you fall out of it, you know, it tells you to go back into the area. And the map will tell you where the area is, so it's just a matter Mm -hmm. of finding it, for the most part. And overall, I think that's probably one of, like, the things that keep me sane and keep me going uh, with with the game and yet again it's just kind of too bad that they can't i can't like play how i want to you know your 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 character breaks the rules very early in harry potter well what if i want to be a good boy what if i don't want to break the rules no matter how much in every every harry potter movie you know everybody just wants to break the rules maybe i just want to be a normal student yeah yeah you know let my professor do the work he's supposed to do but it's it's fun regardless
1: yeah one of the things i notice is and I'll tell you, gentlemen, straight up just for me noticing it, there's really nothing that does alter how the story is. Like yeah. there's one, there's one scenario where um somebody asks you, like you're in potions class and somebody asks you when you're supposed to go get ingredients to steal an extra ingredient. Now you could choose to say yes. If you do, you just get a extra sentence or two of dialogue at the end where they yell at you. If you don't, you get the ca- you get the classmate saying, Well, I'll figure it out. <laughs> and then that's it. So, like, I had a couple of instances in the game where somebody did say points from Slytherin, and I've yet to see any repercussion of that. Um, I know, like I don't even think- even when you lose a mini game, there are points to Slytherin,
0: and it's like, what? Yeah. <laughs> I lost.
1: Yeah. yeah, and nobody has ever talked about where the point total is. The Slytherin winning, like you know, there's mm. nothing regarding there. I know. Also, I have to touch on this. There is some clamoring about how there's a lot of students you can't interact with, but I am fine with that. Yeah, I I think I'm asking too much as a gamer when I see how interactive the paintings are, the ghost interactions the inanimate objects being animate, um, the lighting, the 75 cats that are walking around <laughs> that you can pet still looking for my trophy. Cause I've pet about 25 um, <laughs> or whatever, whatever number I'm at. Like there's too much going on in the castle for then also every single student who's walking around and they're doing stuff like some, there's some just yeah. walking, but there's others that are doing things like I, there's, we, we, I don't know how much you can ask of the developers while still having the engine run it correctly, you know. And right. for me, Hogwarts is as lively as I expected it to be. You know, like does it remind me of uh, my high school, but just magical, kinda? Certain people mm-hmm. didn't interact with other people. Certain people sat down and were playing, you know, doing stuff by themselves. Um, so the school aspect feels real. The classroom aspect does not feel too trying the extra assignments you have outside the classroom, I think are good as well. And then they ask you to turn them in by going to the class during the daytime. But um, Hogwarts is Hogwarts, Hogsmeade is Hogsmeade. And I think the map outside of it is large enough where I could see the 60 hours in it, but like 60 fun hours, not like the, if I can use Valhalla, not like why am I still playing this game? It's a hundred <laughs> hours. Like, I'm just gonna stop the whole four storyline so I can yep. just finish the game, you know? So it's vibrant enough. And I think they did a great job. You can see the love and tenderness. Um, and it feels like the whole entire staff read the books and saw the movies as kids, you know, in how it's portrayed. And the overarching story is good too with the ancient magic. Not a fan of the headmaster, but you know, like, you know, we, we 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 can't all, you know, rise to the occasion of headmaster in my eyes, you know what I mean? Dumbledore is a, is a legend. So like, I accidentally and I just have to say this, I accidentally named my character after the the headmaster. So I just I just picked a, a like black as the last name, like, and, I, and I use 10, I tend to use when I do female characters in the game, I do the name Selvaria from from old, uh, an old game. And um, I realize that i named myself after the headmaster of, of in this game so that's just a funny thing i had to mention but then
2: other I mean, than i mean that's all canon right that serious blacks like great great grandfather that whole family is terrible so it makes sense yeah. that that dude is just the worst <laughs> yeah <laughs> Um I do like weasley yeah i i don't know i feel like that the like the NPCs in the, the castle, it feels more lived in than I felt when I played cyberpunk um, easily, because yeah. like there's people like, oh, that person's over there practicing their spells um, and you can see them doing it or like these people are just talking. This person's walking to class like, yeah, you can't talk to all of them, but I feel like they did a great job where as I'm walking around, I'm like, yeah, it feels like I'm, you know, in the midst of high school trying to get to class. Um, I haven't had any issues so far with side quests like anytime I see one even if I'm like oh I'm on my way to do my main mission but oh there's somebody over there I'm gonna go stop and see them and like they may be simple but I think they're fun um where it's like oh I f- I forget what she called him but the one girl lost like her her marble Rob set stones. yeah Rob I'm stones. like that was fun right it was very simple like go here and get this stuff okay and it's not it doesn't overstay its welcome with the side quests they're usually pretty quick um And then you're right back to whatever you want to do. I feel like I've played a lot and I've like barely advanced the story. Um, Specifically, like at one point, because it'll tell you like what level you should be. Right. And I was like, oh, this main story said I should be level three. And I looked and I'm level 11. I'm like, yeah, I've been doing a lot of side stuff. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But and the one thing none of us mentioned yet is the customization on what you're wearing is incredible. Um, yeah. mm. and the fact that like, yes, it raises your attributes, but like I look at it and I'm like, Oh, this, this, uh, Cape raises my defense, but I don't like the way it looks equip it. And then I can press, uh, customize and change it to whatever I want and still keep those attributes. Like that stuff's phenomenal. Um, yeah. Yeah. so that I don't have to worry about like my person looks stupid, but it's what I got to go with for the best stats. I can make it look as cool as I want. Um, like hats off to them for making customization like your your reward for literally everything you do in this story. Uh, but yeah, I think I think they said, what, 30 to 40 hours for the main story, probably. I think I'm going to be probably 60 or 70 when I'm done easily just because I'm going to be like, yeah, I want to do as much as I can. I may not find all the papers or whatever, but I'm going to do my my damnedest to do it. If I can, yeah. At least until something else comes along that draws my attention away. But we got another week at least with this game, right?
0: Yeah. Well, there's other games coming out next week that I'll be playing. So see. <laughs> yeah. And we got I a lot art, yeah.
1: It's, 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 or or yeah, yeah, yeah. I just Wild realized, realized there's three War.
0: Switch games coming out <laughs> within these next two weeks, and I'm like, crap! I got more Switch games.
2: Yep. That's perfect for you, though. You're you're going to be on vacation. You got time.
0: Yeah, but the the only problem is is that so it's Final Fantasy Theater Rhythm Final Bar Line that comes out the seventeenth. I won't be I won't be in PA. Uh, and then it's Octopath Traveler that comes out the twenty fourth. I'll be close, oh. but not here. And then Metroid Prime uh, Remaster, which comes out on the twenty second. Still not here. So I'm gonna come back, and my my game my backlog is now three games long.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yep.
0: Longer, longer is what long-er. I should say.
2: With a couple yeah. games on Game Pass looming over top of you as well. Exactly. Oh God, exactly. Yeah. It, it,
0: it, there's there's no, <laughs> no winning with the games, at least for just me, no. especially. So
2: I want to make sure there. I at least finish Hogwarts, though. I want to give it its due. So if that means I got to hold off on starting Atomic Heart or or whatever, I will do that. Um, but I just want to make sure that I give it thirty to forty at least, so I can say I beat it. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, and I've
0: I plan on beating Hogwarts as well. Like it is, a, it is a fun game.
2: So yeah. why not? Yeah, for sure. Yeah.
0: All right. Well, that's it for video games this week. We're now into movies, which we're gonna skip. Uh, the Last of Us for a couple weeks. We're we're recording this on Saturday. We know the new episode came out on uh, the the other day. We're not gonna talk about four either. We'll just come back and kind of probably almost have a synopsis of the entire uh, series.
2: <laughs> almost all once, of it.
0: Uh, yeah. Once I come back. The only movie I watched was The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent. Uh, I'm pretty sure that's what it's called. Something like that. Okay. With uh, uh, Pedro Pascal and Nicholas Cage.
2: Yes, Pedro Pascal is everywhere. Um, so we had this week, we had the return of season two of Clarkson's Farm. And I watched yet another horror movie called Haunt. I- I oh, it's
0: from had another season coming out. I'll be watching
2: that. What?
1: Clarkson's Farm. I want to hear. Yeah. 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 I also want I want to hear your take on Haunt because my wife and I watched that.
2: <sighs> OK, so Clarkson's Farm, just real quick. It's more of the same, but like I love that show to death. Uh, a show that made me care about farming. I mean, go figure. But uh, it's so funny. And like, it's just watching him kind of stumble around trying to be a farmer and just being just so bad at it. He's terrible. <laughs> but I think that's part of the charm is just how he's trying to figure it all out. Um, it's incredible. But uh, haunt? Um, did you guys watch it this week too, Craig?
1: Or have you previously um, watched it? I previous. It's not a new movie, is it? Because it came a out movie last year, I think. Yes, we watched that one. Okay. It's got like a clown in the in yes. the. Yep. Yes, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah
2: we, um, yeah. I really liked it. I thought it was very well done. The idea of them going to a haunted house and basically like the whole like trying to figure out like is this part of the haunted house or are people actually getting hurt? Um, I thought it was very clever kind of toying with, um, one of the actors helping them out was awesome. I thought that was, yeah, cool. there was, um, you know, you get that big tense moment where one of the, uh, one of the people is like trying to work his way through and he sees somebody standing there, like kind of stalking him. And then he literally yells out like, we need help. And the guy's like, oh, you need help. And I was like, that was so cool to me. Cause like, you yes. don't see that in a horror movie ever. Just to kind of turn it on its head and be like, Oh yeah, I'll help you out. <laughs> it was just yeah. so weird. Um yeah. but yeah, I was surprised with how well done it was. Um, the story was interesting. I liked all the different rooms of the haunted house. Um, yeah, I just I thought it was a great uh watch for sure. I don't know how I missed it last year, but probably what ended up on my list.
1: Yeah, it's it's a good one. And they mm-hmm. have like a like a Jonah Hill humor kind of character, yeah. <laughs> you know he's pretty funny. Um, in in the group of the, of them, and you know you have the one that's always skeptical about going in the house because she has something yep. traumatizing in the past. And um, it's just it's a really good one. The the individual people that run the haunt are fun. Yeah. Um, I like that they all have like their face. Oh, their, their mask. Yeah, yeah. They take their mask
2: off, and their actual face is just
1: as messed up. <laughs> Exactly, they have their own thing going there. So like, that's that was a cool thing. And you're right, like the the helping part kind of turned because like now as the watcher, you're skeptical the whole time of this guy you know, who's helping them get out, you know, Mm -hmm. and knows the place and has keys. (laughs) Yeah. You know, so it's a good one. It's definitely Mm -hmm. anybody, uh, you know, if you're not, if you're somebody who waits till Halloween, you should definitely watch, you know, it in that area. But if you're, if you like horror movies all year round, you should peep it as well. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I think it'll end up in my rotation probably of like my yearly October, like staples. Mm -hmm. It's probably going to end up being one of them. It's nice to hear that you guys
0: like this uh, horror movie just because I feel like the past couple of times it's all been, this, this horror movie
1: sucks.
2: <laughs> yeah. Well, in general, 95% of horror movies are trash. Yes. Honestly.
1: The genre is, like, it, it's, yeah.
2: It's hard to find good ones. So when you do, like, I get excited when I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah a good one. I watch so many bad ones. I'm glad nice. there's a good one.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Then uh, on my end, The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent it was an interesting movie. I can see why it was kind of one of these movies. It was kind of like a sleeper hit where Nicolas Cage is kind of done with acting. Uh, you know, he's he keeps getting denied for roles, so he decides to take one last gig as a birthday party apparently, uh, kind of guest, and it turns out he ends up uh, like doing this whole script thing with Pedro Pascal's character Hobby, and of uh, shenanigans ensue overall. It is a funny uh, movie. It like overall, I think it's just a. I think I think I liked it because it it starts off with they're kind of doing this whole like script thing and talking about the script. Then the script becomes the movie, so it's like you know every everything mm. like that. And then at the end, they do this really cool trick where it it you know just randomly changes, and you're like, you got to be kidding me! Like when I saw when the when the end finally changed, I was like, oh, of course, I should have known but overall the only weird thing about it was the cgi like Nicolas cage because he has often conversations with his younger self without a Mm. and what it is he's got like longer hair and he's without a beard and you could definitely tell like the beard portion is like cgi so (laughs) it's it is it, it just looks a little funny and for the most part, like I'm not sure what the younger Nick uh, or Nicky Cage was supposed to be doing. It just seems to like give him, I guess, confidence when he's lacking it because he, I don't know. It's such a weird character. There's like a kiss scene between them. Yeah, he's like, "You tell them <laughs> Nicky Cage kiss is good," and I'm yeah. like, "What? <laughs> What's going don't, on?" Don't don't ever what?
2: question the weirdness when Nick Cage is involved in a movie. Yeah, <laughs> nobody I knows know. why he does it, but he probably uh he probably pushed to put that in there i would be my guess
1: <laughs> he's made a career on it like yep. and it's it's just something to be expected
2: yeah that movie's great by the way though barry i'm glad you liked it
0: yeah yeah no i i enjoyed it i'm glad i got to watch it but that was that was it for what i watched because all i played was hogwarts legacy
2: yep a whole bunch of hogwarts
0: all right is that it for everybody anybody got anything else to say
1: Uh, just another two minutes. Uh, please watch Poker Face with Natasha Leone. I watched another episode, and I'm saying please, not just to YouTube, but any (laughs) listener and viewer as well. (laughs) I made it sound like a hostage situation when I said that. Like, please save me. Um, it's great. I got to watch um a couple of more episodes, and the Who Done It in each episode is fantastic. Just as a reminder for those of you who didn't hear last week, it's an overarching story. She's on the run. Um from a, I guess, a, a scheme gone wrong, so to speak. And um, essentially it's a whodunit case of the week with an overarching story of somebody who's on the run from a gangster. Um, I I just r- realized that Ron Perlman's in it. So that just escalated my excitement for the, for the show. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a scene at the end of the first episode when you see that she's actually on the run and um, I was trying to dictate that voice. So I went back and listen to the conversation she was having right at the end of the episode. And I was like, there's no way that's not Ron Perlman. And I try not to look things up. But like, in that instance, I just looked to reaffirm that I was like, correct. So um, it's a great series. uh, And I, I will give like a final out outlook when I finish it. But it's called Poker Face. Sweet.
0: Perfect. All right. Well, that's going to be it for this week's podcast. Thank you, everybody, for listening. If you're interested, please make sure to leave a review of it on your podcast listening platform of choice. Make sure you share it with a friend. Make sure you check out our Twitch, Twitter, uh, Instagram pages. And just make sure if you're interested to email us, we have an email at highsensitivitypodcast at gmail.com for any questions, snapshots of your reviews so we can read them on air, that kind of fun stuff. Thank you, everybody, for listening. I know that uh, Hogwarts Legacy can be a bit of a controversial thing, but I'm glad if you stuck with it, I'm glad you stuck with us. So enjoy the rest of your guys' day, and we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye,
1: Thank you guys. guys.